I found what I want my business to be. And I got passionate about my business after deciding to start a business. It's fine to, for the business to just be you. You can be the USP of your business yes. and that's absolutely fine. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome back to today's Startup Student Podcast episode. I'm um, very happy to have Alice back with me. Hello, welcome, Alice. Hello, happy <laughs> to be back. Yay! Um, last episode, we talked a bit more about yourself and your startup journey, and uh, we kicked off a series of the life of a creative startup. Today, we will be talking about your journey that you had whilst going through a uh, the startup visa process. And it will be very interesting for me to hear it from a student perspective because I was involved in that at Anglia Ruskin, but also at the University of Essex um, to help the students to get that visa. Um, and I talked to Haley from the University of Loughborough about it from the university perspective. Um, so today we will look into what it's like when you as a foreign student want to get a visa this is obviously in the UK it might be different in other countries and there might not be this visa available in your country where you're studying um, but obviously Alice will talk about her experience in the UK the love country the love relationship of her life <laughs> where there's <laughs> a lot of mushrooms and Harry Potter uh, things going on, <laughs> uh, like she shared in the last episode um, so maybe we start by going a bit deeper again, um, and you mentioned it last time actually, how did you hear about the visa and who at the university was able to help you with this? Uh, what is the process that you had to go through and what were your feelings about um, this whole thing before, during and after maybe? <laughs> so <laughs> let's start by how did you find out about it? Because you seem to have looked into all kind of things yourself you, you knew you want to stay in this country and I think you mentioned uh, six years you're already in the UK now um, and you always have this visa 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 in your mind um, uh, and so you had to find a way to stay in the country um, after your studies um, and I don't know if that's leading into okay you found out about it yourself really but um, tell me a bit more about how you found out about it and the whole process of it Right, so um, how I found out about the startup visa is just by uh, looking at the, the gov.co.uk website. I knew I needed a visa, mm. so I literally just went first port of call. I went on to Google and searched UK visa, yeah. <laughs> which obviously took me to and I literally just sat and read through every single visa option and then I then narrowed it down to the visas that I thought had the criteria that I could meet so I narrowed down to a, a couple of visas saying okay then try to simplify the criteria as much as I can because the government website also it ten, can get a bit confusing when I use yeah. a lot of jargon. So 
I narrow it down and then I saw, okay, these are the list of visas that I can do. And I remember like repeating them over and over and over again to myself, like a mantra. <laughs> like if you watch Game of Thrones, then Arya Stark repeats the names of enemies. That's why I do with my visa options. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I talked about in the last episode, I knew that I had, I knew that I wanted to explore this entrepreneur visa option because it sounded possible, but I still didn't quite understand what it was. I still didn't quite understand what does it mean to be an entrepreneur and starting a business and all that. So I thought, okay, I need, I need to just know what this means first. And I have the university and, you know, surely the university would provide support for that. So I went to I went to the startup lab with just I wasn't even thinking about asking them about do they do the visa support I just wanted to know what starting a business means and then after a few sessions where like I got to know the people who work at a startup lab better I started to get friendly I started to open up a little bit more and they asked me oh why do you want to start a business and I felt like a fraud because I, I felt, I felt such imposter syndrome because it looks like, it looked to me that like, you're supposed to start a business because you had a fantastic idea for a business. Mm. So you go and start a business. So to me, my reasons seemed fraudulent to say that I want to start a business because I want to stay in the country. (laughs) It felt bad to me. Yeah. But then I just, but then I, sort of came clean I said I'll I'll be honest with you because I want to stay in the country and this is and I saw this visa option that looked like something I could do um so I thought I'll do some research about it and they're like oh what a brilliant coincidence (laughs) (laughs) that I remember I was talking to James Barlow actually yes I was talking to James Barlow the financial um the financial advisor yeah I know James (laughs) yeah and literally the day that I was that happened to open up to him about it, he's just like, "Oh, aren't you lucky? Because Marcia's sitting in, in that room right now." <laughs> and then he just <laughs> called her over and then explained everything to her. And it's like, "Oh, aren't you lucky that not only um, is she does she know about um, is she the startup support, she also knows about the she's also run the startup visa and uh, the big pitch. So go talk to her." <laughs> And that is sort of how it started. And I sort of discovered that um, I sort of found my business. I found what I want my business to be. And I got passionate about my business after deciding to start a business. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a little bit unconventional. I don't know how unconventional is that, but that's just what happened. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice, uh, and and that's um, a good story also to show um, because I think universities are sometimes a bit wary. Like, okay, these people are not really passionate about starting a business, and they just want to find out how they can stay in the country. So, <laughs> um, and universities have always like limited seats available, obviously, to to give these endorsements to make sure the students who really want this and the students who have a good business can do this but I think like you said you you were so passionate about what you're doing anyway um yeah and it it 
combined itself nicely. You wanted to stay in the country. So you're passionate about what you do and you're passionate about the UK and your passion for mm -hmm. running a business came afterwards. So I think that was maybe also parts of the convincing ways for the university to <laughs> proceed um, with it and see how much effort you put into this. Marcia mentioned yeah. so many times <laughs> in this episode that you did everything everything at the university and actually we talk about this in the next episode as well to make sure to upskill yourself to understand things and um, I mean even in the first episode that we recorded um, you already showed people how it should be done and that you need to take action um, because not things are not going to be handed uh, on a silver plate to you but it's you have to yeah, create your own opportunities really yes I think the most important thing to me is that I explored the option really early. I looked at this option really early so yeah. that I had three years to do my research. And it so happened to be that in the three years that I did my research on this, I discovered that actually I am quite passionate about this. This is something that I learned <laughs> about myself. I didn't, because before, I remember when I was a kid, my mom always says like, you're a girl, don't start a business because that's a lot of work. Leave that to the big men because, you know, they, they can just, you know, just be an employee and you'll be fine. So I never had the idea of, run, of running a business even in my head, but it was through because I sort of needed it and then learning more about it and learning and that I discovered something about myself. And you won't be able to do that if you only give yourself two months before graduating to learn about it. I had three years to discover myself <laughs> yes. because I, because I sort of tried to find out about this option earlier. So I feel like that's a very important factor. I, I agree. And I think uh, this is a nice message to all the students that are listening. Um, and if you're already in your last year, it's okay. You can start now as well. But if you're in your first year and think I have all the time in the world to think about starting my own business visa aside but um if you want to start your own business after university and you want to actually be able to make some money with it um fairly quickly after you graduate then you have to start as soon as you can we start preparing it doesn't mean you work full time on this but imagine you start in the first year with this and have three years um to prepare mm -hmm. and to meet people build up the network to understand how business works in the country that you're in then it's much less stress than uh, in your last year where everything is stressful anyway um, to mm -hmm. think about, okay, now I also want to start this business. What do I need to do? So everyone that's in the first year and is listening, please, if you think about starting a business, start now. <laughs> exactly. And if you start early, it also allows you time to make mistakes because what my yes. business is now, what I propose to what the business plan that I gave to the board to do to be approved for my visa mm. that was not the business idea that I had at the beginning when I first thought mm, maybe I should start a business I ran through like 12 different options at one point I thought I was going to start a publishing house because I knew nothing because I was because I was 18 and thought I could do anything yeah so I, was like, I could start a publishing house knowing absolutely nothing about publishing mm. and then I ran through so many different ideas only to at the end discover that it's fine 
to for the business to just be you. You can be the USP of your business, yes. and that's absolutely fine. You don't need a you don't need an invention. You don't need a light bulb moment. Oh, this would be that you can be if you have something unique about yourself that you can contribute. Then that is also fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I always say this as well uh, because finding your USP, your unique selling point, is one of the hardest things for people to do with all the technologies and all the products and all the services already exist out there. Um, but it can be mm -hmm. just you. It's the same. I mean, in my case, how many marketing and startups, how much marketing and startup support is out there? I don't know, billions. <laughs> and why should you choose me? <laughs> because I work the way I work. Yeah. I, I give the results that I give you. I uh, help you to get clarity. I make things simple for you and I'm me. Um, and I, I love that you say this um, because it's so true for a lot of people, especially if they're individuals um, that have their um, own business slash freelance, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit more about the, the journey throughout the process of getting the visa. So the process of getting the visa sort of, so it started, I've talked about how I got involved with the startup lab and it helped me understand what business is and help me mm. actually realize that I actually do want and actually can run a business. And then um, James, uh, James Barlow said that I should enter the big pitch, which I was terrified about because once again, I was sold about it as being the <laughs> apprentice. But James just told me, do the big pitch because everything you have to do for the big pitch is everything you have to do for to apply for the startup visa. So if you do it for the big pitch, you've already done the work. Then you can just that do the right. exact, you don't need to do the work anymore. Very wise so words. <laughs> I saw, so yeah, so because of that, I saw the big pitch as this is my test run. So I will use this opportunity to do all the work <laughs> so that when the actual time comes, I don't need, because when I need to apply for the visa is when all the finals are happening, I need to do my final project, yes. all of that. I didn't need to worry about it because I had already done all the work for it, for the big pitch three months earlier. So I did my, um, so I started, I went into the big pitch and I did the one minute video. That was the first time I had ever done any sort of marketing. It was my first experience <laughs> with trying to market to people, trying to yep. sell something to people. And I got more votes than I could have anticipated and it blew my mind. And then I went to the boot camp and anyone who's been to the big pitch boot camp will know the incredible amount of valuable information they cram into you in two days. It absolutely blew my mind. And then I went through the boot camp. I got past the boot camp and I got into the finals of the big pitch. And to do the finals of the big pitch, I have to make a business plan. I was like, brilliant. I can write a business plan now because I need to write a business plan for it. This is great. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. And then, but also to get uh, for the finals of the big pitch, I also had to make a financial forecast. And I'm an art student. I haven't touched yes. Excel in five years. <laughs> And suddenly I got an email with that says this is 
the template for the financial forecast you have to make. And mm -hmm. I opened the Excel spreadsheet and it was the most intense spreadsheet I've ever yes. seen. I thought I was in the matrix. I know, I know this spreadsheet. I know it uh, from James <laughs> also, uh, because yeah, I, said, was... I work with a student and it's even terrifying for me. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And uh, even for me, who's done a lot of forecasting with all kinds of students <laughs> and also for myself. But this, I, I know, like you, you say, you feel like in, you're in the matrix all of a sudden. And what the heck it was, is this? So, <laughs> it was so intense i think because i was still working with james all the way through working it out and like i tried to fill out that spreadsheet as best i can i brought it to james and james sat down looked at it clicked a few things and he went to me i think you broke the spreadsheet alice what did you do <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know yeah because it's full of formulas as well no it's full of formulas exactly. and so because this is full of formulas it's actually not too complicated maybe but if you don't understand and um what what's happening then you easily break it i understand completely exactly <laughs> so that but it was like a trial by fire because once you've actually finished understood that madness of a spreadsheet and managed to fill it out and made something coherent out of it suddenly now everything else seems like a piece of cake i now suddenly am not afraid of financing anymore because i was like i've, I've been through the worst i don't think i've been through the worst, but that to me i feel like <laughs> i've been through the worst so now because before like a lot of students of you i you know i would dread um calculating costs and i would dread looking at my cash flow i would dread even opening my bank account to check you know how does the money go through and it was just a bunch of numbers and make no sense it's terrifying but now it's um now now i don't use a spreadsheet anymore because life's a bit too short to be using spreadsheets <laughs> i like it life is too so... short to be using spreadsheets <laughs> So I now actually I have I use QuickBooks to manage my, both my personal financing yes. and my um, my business financing, and I get excited to open it up because I understand all the things. So it it even felt like a game to me. I felt excited opening it and trying to oh so this number means this, this number means this. N knowledge really is power because knowing how it works makes it fun. Now I want to open my QuickBooks to see how my financing. I want to keep track of my financing. I want to I want to see my cash flow. I get excited about numbers. Mm. And I'm even like listening to finance podcasts, which is mm. if you told 18-year-old Alice that she'll be listening to finance podcasts, she'll go like, what a terrible boring waste of your precious creative time. But now I get so excited and I'm I'm, it's just, it just ob like obliterated my fear of it. Yes, very Absolutely. nice. hundred percent. Um, yeah, good. And, and everyone who's listening um, and you ha haven't listened maybe to the business finance series I did with Magdalena Mardi, do that because it's also something where we try to simplify things and we talk about spreadsheets and we talk about QuickBooks <laughs> and, and all that uh, kind of stuff. So make sure you listen to that. But I love that you're saying this. Um, I never could... Um, enlightened my fire for finances never so in the eight, <laughs> eight or nine years that i'm doing my business now i do it uh, then I, I had a completely different setup with my company since i left the uk because uh, everything was in the uk but then i left i had to set it up in a different way 
Um, and now it's actually even easier for me because I have an accountant who basically does everything and I don't even have to use QuickBooks or something like that. <laughs> um, so this is lovely for me. But if you can turn something that you don't like into something that's necessary to get used to it and then maybe even like it a bit and then even listen to podcasts about it, uh, that's obviously amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Shows that you can get passionate for everything. <laughs> Yes, and uh, don't put yourself into a box, because you know, obviously, I was like, yes. I, I am an artist. Uh, I don't do numbers. I don't do maths. It's <laughs> just not something that I do. And yeah. I sort of like pigeonhole myself into just a person who doesn't do that. <laughs> and suddenly, I find myself needing to do it. So, if you're gonna need to do something you might as well make it something you enjoy. Yes, very nice. <laughs> okay, so, and then you had all of this and you created everything uh, for the big pitch anyway. Got scared, yeah. uh, went through. Um, I think you mentioned before as well that you, in the last episode, I think maybe you did not win the big pitch, but uh, you gave, got um, into the finals, like you said. Yes, yeah. I got to the finals. I did not win the big pitch, and I do, and I don't complain about that at all because no. the people who actually won it that year, I could not think of a more deserving, <laughs> per, like, uh, couple. It was two, I think, two people won the main prize that year, and I could not think of more deserving people. And I remember, like, it, the big pitch was supposed to be a competition, mm -hmm. but it never felt like a competition. Because we we bonded so much in yeah. the boot camp, and then we bonded through the the experience of the finals. That when I found when I realized that they won and I hadn't won anything, I didn't even register. I was just so happy <laughs> that they won. I didn't even register that I didn't win. But also when but then in re reexamining what I did, I could see exactly where the mistakes were that I made. Yeah. I could see exactly why I didn't win. Yeah. And it made perfect sense to me. So <laughs> I was very happy to not win. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about this also in the next episode a bit more. But and, and then when it came to the visa application, you basically had, like you said, everything ready because you went through that experience with the big pitch. Um, what exactly. else was involved in there? Was there something annoying something scary something or was it all fairly easy because there's obviously a lot of things you have to to prove in that it's not only uh, and i just want to make clear that it's not the university who gives out those visas it's the government like alice said but the, you know you need approval from a university saying basically yeah she has a good business idea yeah we believe it's gonna work and uh, we endorse that person to uh, get a startup visa and to stay in the uk a bit more so what uh, what other things did you have to do um, that were easy to do or maybe not so easy to do um right so once again the the big pitch had literally it was so it was such a stressful like exciting time that literally like raised the bar for me so much about where my nerves what my nerves can handle because once my nerve i realized my nerve could handle the finality of the big pitch suddenly i felt so much less stress going into the board interview for um the visa mm -hmm. like just mentally i was just really relaxed i thought oh my god this is like really supposed to be really stressful these 
are the people who hold my future in their hands. I was supposed to be all right, but then I felt really calm and relaxed because at that point, I had my business literally running through my veins. I didn't only just memorize the five minute speech about my business. I had it like committed to memory. If you tell me now to recite, to tell you um, what I told them, I can just say it out loud without even needing a second <laughs> to think about it because it's literally been so ingrained into me. Yeah. If they asked me any question, I could answer. So that's because, so I had a lot of confidence going into that meeting just by, just through knowledge. No one knew my business as well as I could. And I knew every little cranny and corner <laughs> and everything about my business that it was just like, if it, it was me, the business was so me that I could just tell you anything about it. And I also made, I also knew that I had good products. So I went into the board meeting, to the board interview with prototypes of my products. I had little, um, uh, sculptures that I had made over the prototypes as well as the prints I planned to sell and mm -hmm. as well as my portfolio my professional portfolio that I want to use to get commissions with I brought them along with me and I had faith in my work I knew they were good <laughs> it sounded so th this was another yeah. thing that I had to get over as artists you tend to get to be very self-deprecating. Self-deprecation is sort of the default. You always want to stay humble and you never, you're, you, you are basically the opposite of what a business person is supposed to do, which is sell yourself. Whereas an artist, you're supposed to be like, no, it's not that good. My work's not that good. Oh, no, 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 no. But at that point, I had developed like enough confidence in myself and in my work to confidently show them this is my work and it is good work and it shows the product did speak for themselves so i had enough confidence in that to show them that and it was because all of the hurdles i sort of have overcome through my big pitch journey that by the time i did the interview it was weirdly easy I was really confused as to how easy I found it <laughs> which I was like this is weird that I am I'm finding it easy am I being overconfident right now is this gonna all come crashing down in my face is fate going to laugh at me for being so weirdly confident but uh, it didn't. It decided to play nice. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's because you had, like you said, you had so much time to prepare for it. And you went mm -hmm. through everything, uh, one experience with a big pitch that you will go through with that experience. And you were so determined to get this. Um, I think that you built up the confidence, like you said, over time. And you became more and more confident with the numbers. And then you became more and more confident about, okay, actually, I can do this. I can run a business. Then you become confident in presenting, uh, doing some videos, going in front of people, pitching, stuff like this. So, um, it just shows, again, start early with this kind of stuff because it takes time. And the more you do things and the more often you get out of your comfort zone, the more the out of your comfort zone becomes your comfort zone. <laughs> and, um, exactly. So it, it's perfect. It's, it's lovely.
Yeah, and I, I knew I had, so, and also this was another big mental shift that really helped me was walking into that room, knowing that the people in that room want to give me the visa. They're not out to get me. They're not scary yes. people who yes. are trying to catch me out and trying to, they're not going to go, ha, but you missed this. Therefore, no visa for you because you spelled, you <laughs> miscounted one zero. Yeah. It, they're not there to do that. They, are, they want to give me the visa. And all I need to do is to prove to them that that is the right decision. Yeah. And so it's a mentality. I walked into that interview not thinking, of the situation as a me versus them kind of situation. But I felt supportive. I, I, I felt that everyone in that room was on my team. Yes. And that really helped with the confidence. Nice, yeah. And because you worked with them for so long, you knew them mm -hmm. as well. It's not like a whole bunch exactly. of strangers. I know there were probably also people in that panel that you have not met before, but like you said, in general, you got that far means okay yeah we're happy to give you that but you need to give us just this extra con um convincing um that we actually give it to you so that's that's nice for people as a tip for anything they have to do really it's it's not yeah. the university against you it's the university yeah. that helps you with everything that you're doing mm -hmm. actually yeah and yeah you're right like i knew i think my uh, board interview was marcia greg and another lady from the the third like I can't remember her name but she was the only one that I hadn't met before and so I remember I was like oh I just I saw her as a challenge I need to win her over <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah I um because ever since I started thinking about visa I know okay so where's my first port of call if I need yeah. to ask about visa questions so I just do the first thing which is go down to reception say I'm an international student, I have visa questions. Where can I go to ask visa questions? Yeah. And they're like, go up to that room. And I went up to the visa room <laughs> and the visa room told me, oh, go talk to Greg. And I literally just knocked on his door yeah. and I came in and I started talking to him and he explained to me everything. And then I kept talking to him every time I have a visa problem mm. that by the time that I was in that interview meeting, he is probably already sick of my face because <laughs> he's seen me so much. <laughs> and Marcia, I knew through this whole journey. Yeah. And yeah, and so, it, so the support is there. But I think one of the big things is if you're a student, the support is there, but it has to be, you have to sort of go and find it. There was yes. no big meeting telling you this is where you go this is where you go this is where you go every person i knew that has supported me so much in university and is still supporting me so much now i met them by doing the first port of call which is go to reception ask them <laughs> go to just go to like and also not being afraid of sounding stupid no which you know just go to reception and they will give you the best answer they can and the support is there at at least at my university yes all i needed to do was leave my dorm and ask someone <laughs> and the temptation to stay in the dorm to stay in the duvet and go no 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 was incredible <laughs> <laughs> that's all i wanted to do but just by doing the very easy stuff not doing that <laughs> yes um i found the most incredible support i could have asked for
Amazing. Yes, super nice. Uh, final advice again for students. I think they can take so much out of this. Um, so many tips if you're going through things. Also that you can transfer into other journeys throughout your startup journey and student journey, really, um, mm -hmm. that, you, that you can take on board. But you actually have to do stuff. And this is, um, yeah. uh, let's say, part of the entrepreneurial mindset of a startup mindset of whatever you want to call it. You have to take action. Nothing is going to just be handed to you. You have to take action and you have to work your ass off. I know you're doing a lot of stuff as well online and everything um, to build mm -hmm. up your profile. And you said you worked all summer to build up um, uh, following and stuff like this. So your Etsy shop um, gave you income basically from day one if, if we want to uh, say it like this but it's mm -hmm. because you put all this effort in and you made use of everything and that leads nicely into the next episode that um, will come out next week where we will talk about how can you make the most out of your university life that and how can you milk the university to give you all the support you can possibly get to to be successful in your startup journey and be successful with your startup after you leave the university. Because as Alice said so nicely, the university is there to help you. Uh, they're not against you. And uh, there's so much support that you probably don't even know about, but you have to go and ask. And you can always start at reception, like Alice said, and go, okay, I want to do this. Where do I go? And they say, mm, I don't know, but let me find out. Okay, go there. This person might send you somewhere else, but eventually you will get there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I already uh, said what we're going to talk about next time. And I'm uh, very yes. excited uh, to hear all about it from you because I used to work uh, with some students as well that um, were similar as in taking action and finding out things and got involved in everything that the university was offering. But then there's also students um, who don't and there's students mm -hmm. who do a little bit, which is all okay. But if you have a specific goal in mind, you have to pursue it and you have to take action. Thank you so much for your time, Alice. It was lovely to talk to you again and hear about it. And I'm looking forward to recording the next episode with you. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much for giving me a place to get on my soapbox about nerdy business stuff <laughs> thank you so much and if you want to find out more about alice um as i said on creativestartupacademy.com slash podcast you can find the links back to her and her work that was it thanks for tuning in and just to let you know there's a free 30-day kickstart your business challenge available on my website creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart and it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days and if you could leave a review for this podcast please 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 do so because it will help me with my ranking thanks so much i'm looking forward to talking to you next time bye bye